Uh, shall we have the discourse? Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here with Big Daddy Ranks, Walker Kelly. How you doing today? <laughs> Makes me laugh every time you say that. <laughs> Big Daddy Ranks, baby. I, I found it. It only took me like four episodes. It's funny. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so... If this is your first episode of the podcast, welcome in. This is one of three weekly podcasts that we do. Um, one of them is on our Patreon, which is uh, Mike Valverde and I record on Tuesday evening. Uh, it goes up on Wednesday morning. We record this on Wednesday night. goes up on Thursday morning. The reason I'm saying that is um, if there's some news that happens after we record this and you're wondering why it's out of uh, out of date, that would be why, because we recorded on uh, Wednesday evening. So um you can check out walker's ranks if you want to pause the podcast you can go to footballabsurdity.com uh click the button at the top that says weekly ranks that would be where the weekly ranks are that's where they live and uh, walker updates those um tuesday thursday and sometimes on saturday not quite yeah it depends if there's major news on the weekend i'll whip an update in there but uh, yeah if it's just it's Sometimes it's stasis, and sometimes there's like all of a sudden this guy's not playing, and I'm like, oh okay. Yeah. So, all right. Well, cool. Sounds good. So we always start off by talking about the Thursday night football game, um, the starts and sits in that one. So this week it's New England at Atlanta, and it's actually a very easy game this week uh, if you're in a one quarterback, three wide receiver league. Um, you've got the quarterbacks Mac Jones and Matt Ryan at 17 and 25. Um, Mac Jones coming off of an okay week statistically, three touchdowns, 198 passing yards. But I'm curious, um, this Atlanta defense is not very good. I'm I'm curious if uh, there's any chance you might get spicy and move him up this week or before Thursday Night Football or if that's kind of set in stone. No, I'm not going to move him up. Um, I just don't think that the passing volume is high enough to justify starting him in a in a one quarterback league. I mean, he's a great two QB play this week, but um, yeah, I, I mean, Atlanta on a, like the short weeks with the travel is always kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just, I mean, he only threw for 198 yards last week. Like he looked good, but I mean, if he doesn't like, if he throws for even two touchdowns, then you're sitting at under 16 points. Yeah. Cause he doesn't run. So I mean, if you're relying on him throwing three touchdowns to get you a QB one week, that's not realistic to expect very often. So, yeah, I mean, in good matchups, he's going to be a solid QB two. In bad matchups, he's usually at right at the bottom edge of my rankings. So, okay, and then um, so uh, Matt Ryan, please don't start him, even in a two quarterback league. Don't start him. He's your 25th quarterback on the week. He's just been he had one good week, and it's been mostly bad for Matt Ryan. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to start him in our league because uh, Teddy's on a bye and I don't have anybody else. Could be worse. I've had to pick up, uh, what's his face, Uh, Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins last week because of Big Ben. So we will see how that goes. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Let's just get the wide receivers out of the way first. There's one wide receiver you have ranked in the top 50. Uh, It's Jacoby Myers at 37. Finally scored a touchdown last week. But honestly, it's fairly straightforward. You don't want to start Bourne, Aguilar, uh, Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus, Gage. Gage. None of these guys are guys you want to be starting. No, no. uh, Myers is the only one who gets a consistent volume of any of those Mm -hmm. guys. So, I mean, he's pretty much always a flex play. Um, It's just that there's more healthy, higher-end receivers this week. Um, There's only two teams on by, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, on thinner weeks, he's a really good wide receiver three. On deeper weeks, he's fringe in your lineup. I mean, if you're a three wide receiver in a flex league, then yeah, uh, put him in that wide receiver three slot. But um, yeah, in like a two wide receiver flex league or a three wide receiver no flex league, um, probably you've got better options. Yeah, you're, you're the only um, wide receiver buys you're really looking at this week are Cooper Cup. Jer- oh, I guess OBJ, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton. So not not yeah. like uh, 
when like Tampa Bay is gone and you have three guys just off of that squad alone. So um, that's it. Uh, don't start any of the other wide receivers unless you can help it. Let me ask you this. If you had to rank another one of these wide receivers, let's say uh, 20 wide receivers in the league got injured <laughs> between now and Thursday. And you so who's my one. number two receiver in this game? Exactly. Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne, a couple nice catches last week. Um, um, I don't think he's going to have consistent production, but I would have to agree that Kendrick Bourne would be the number two guy. Yeah, he's, uh, I mean, he's he's doing exactly the same thing in New England that he did in San Francisco. He gets like four targets a game. He catches three of them, and they're all for first downs. Yeah, that's, that was what he was in San Francisco. It was either, yeah, very low volume, but it was either first downs or touchdowns. And so yeah. um, definitely a good um, player for Mac Jones to have, but not for you to have on your fantasy team. So um, let's go to the running backs, and there's actually going to be a shakeup. So since... Uh, since this afternoon, um, before, like basically right before we started recording, Damian Harris is out of the concussion protocol. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, that'll be a rank update on Thursday. Um, but, uh, you have Ramondre Stevenson at 23, Brandon Bolden at 33. So I'm curious with the, um, Damian Harris edition, what happens to all those ranks? Does Ramondre kind of drop down to that Bolden? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm going to do a straight swap, Harrison Stevenson, because that's just that's the role, mm-hmm. and I think they're pretty comparable players. So, um, yeah, Harris goes right in where I had Stevenson, which is 23, mm-hmm. and uh, Bolden takes a slight hit. He'll probably drop a few spots, not real far, mm-hmm. and then Stevenson will probably end up down in the 40s. Oh, so he takes a massive tumble. He's yeah. basically relegated to uselessness. Not not quite uselessness, but yeah, like he's a deep flex play. I mean, yeah. it's it's just tough to imagine. I mean, Stevenson barely made it out of the concussion protocol in time for last week and then got a full workload. Harris is still the starting running back, so you would expect him to get a full workload. And that leaves Stevenson just, you know, other than this game that he had last week, he's been nothing yeah so, so yeah unlike bolden he doesn't do much that uh damian harris doesn't already do right right bolden's probably still gonna get his he's gonna get his four four carries and three targets or whatever and you know he usually ends up with like six to eight touches and he averages a good clip on those touches he gets some work in the red zone he gets some work in the two minute drill so Bolden's a good guy to have on your bench just in case you're like, well, I really need to throw somebody in who's going to get eight points. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a uh, a reliable some points. Yeah, like you said, eight points. He's not he's not a real up and up and down guy. So um, on the other side, we've got um, you've got Cordero Patterson at 18, assuming that he plays Wayne Gallman at 45, Mike Davis unranked. And I only bring up Mike Davis because. Um, I personally don't think Cordero Patterson plays on Thursday. Um, it's up in the air. So let's. So right now it's 33. I'm sorry, it's 45 for Gallman, 18 for Patterson, and Davis unranked. Like I said, if Patterson doesn't play, how do those ranks adjust around for you? Because it can't be a straight swap like you did with Ramondre. You no. can't, you can't put Wayne Gallman at 18. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, let's see here. I, because I don't really know what the split would be, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like it'd be pretty even, and neither guy is a particularly explosive player. Um, yeah, New England's run defense is just okay. I would probably put, I think I'd put Gallman between Freeman and Singletary, so he'd be 32. Okay. And then Davis would be in that kind of like fringe flex range because he'll probably catch a few passes. So uh, I probably would have him. I think I'd I'm put looking, him right between Boston say, Scott and Matt Breida. That's what I was going to say. I'm looking at. I'm looking at this Scott Breida Peterson range here where it yeah, feels I would like stick he him, should slide stick him right in. there at 36 right on the edge. Yeah, so for me, I think I have a little bit more faith in Gallman in terms of just there's nowhere else they can go. Like the sure. Pitts game plan is only going to go so far. So I would probably put him, but not a lot of faith. I mean, I'm talking like 
between Miles Gaskin and Dearness Johnson where you have him to, between 27 and 28. You know, mm, it's it's I would it's, I would still have Johnson ahead. Okay. And that's that's actually one of the questions I had for you was Dearness Johnson. So when we get to that, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh Dearness Johnson. Um tight end in this game. Uh you got two tight ends that are worth starting. Henry at number nine, Hunter Henry. You have Pitts at number seven. I don't see you did not rank Johnny Smith. Is he not expected to play in this one? I just didn't rank him because he's not, <laughs> not very, very involved. Okay. That was that was the answer to my question. So um Pitts at seven, he is the game plan for the Atlanta Falcons. Um is him being below mystery player at six, which we'll get to towards the end of the episode, is that worrying that New England will scheme him away? Because yeah. he's the only guy they got. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think he'll be a, a the main focus of of the Belichick defense. Um, he'll get enough volume probably that he'll still catch you know no less than I'd say four passes. Mm-hmm. But probably unlikely he scores a touchdown, so he's gonna have to break off a big play or two to be a like a top five tight end, even though he's gonna get top five volume. Um, yeah, I mean this strikes me as like a he gets loose for like one big play and then the rest of the game, he's pretty quiet. And so he finishes with like four for 60. I was going to say four for 63. So that <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be one of those games where um, you're going to get frustrated with what you spent on Kyle Pitts, especially because when we get into the, the, the tight end ranks this week, it's the big five in the top five for you. So it's like, those guys are all back where they should be. Um, with Kyle Pitts below a guy that's rostered in like 65% or unrostered in like 65% of leagues. Right, which, which is, is absurd. Which is out have, of control. We're, we're yeah. going to have discourse, folks. <laughs> we're going to yell at you through the yeah, podcast. You're going to get you're going to get yelled at like, please stop ignoring this guy. Yeah. So, all right. Um, anything else you wanted to add about the Falcons or uh, Patriots in this one? Uh, I wouldn't get too excited about Hunter Henry. He had two touchdowns last week, but he's still averaging like under four targets a game. So um, he gets a lot of looks in the red zone and the plays they run for him are pretty like foolproof, easy completions. So he catches a really high percentage of his targets, but he's not a guy who's going to have big blow up weeks very often. He's not going to catch two touchdowns very often. So I mean, he's, against he's Bob Tunyon. That's what he is this year. He's Robert. He's, Tunyon. Yeah, he's just Bob Tunyon, but better at yeah. football. Yeah, I mean, he's if, if he's he's probably going to get in this game against Atlanta, he's going to get like four targets and he's going to end up with three for 25 and a touchdown. Yeah, so he'll be like tight end 11 on the week, probably give or yeah, take something like that. I have him That's nine good. just because his role is slightly more stable than the guys I have belong. Schultz, Knox. Mm hmm. Um, they, their roles have been fluctuating more lately, but, um, yeah, it's, he's in that, he, he's in that high blob tier. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Schultz, Knox, Hunter Henry, that's kind of becoming a group because Dan Arnold seems to have graduated from that group. So that, that's how the blob is re-solidifying with that as a group, uh, with yeah. maybe Goddard, Pat Fryermuth as like. Uh, appendages to that part of the blob so yeah all right so let's move on to just talking about your overall ranks again footballabsurdity.com button at the top says weekly ranks um no surprise at the top after his uh 405 last week you got patrick mahomes you got mahomes and prescott what should be a massive shootout um i'm not going to read down the ranks but i do have a couple questions for you first one is uh who is your hardest rank this week we'll start there hardest i mean I feel like this is the obvious answer, but Cam Newton, mm-hmm. because we don't really know how much Cam's got left in the tank. Yeah, um, he wasn't great last season, but it wasn't. It was pretty clear that Belichick didn't really want to change his philosophy for Cam, especially throwing the ball. I mean, he let him run a lot, but the the passing offense was just. I mean, there were no weapons. It wasn't well schemed. They weren't really even trying to pass the ball. So it it's kind of, I, I feel like it's more of a throwaway season for the throwing anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Newton has familiarity with Christian McCaffrey a little bit with DJ Moore. Um, I don't, Cam's never been a particularly accurate passer. And at this later stage in his career, he's not certainly going to be 
very accurate now. Um, but he still has rushing upside because he's still a massive beast of a man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll he'll get the offense moving a little bit. Um, I'm not, I don't think he's going to be a league winner or anything, but he's definitely going to have streaming appeal that you weren't getting out of Sam Darnold or PJ Walker. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, you know, he has a great chance of scoring a touchdown at the, um, at the goal line. Right. I mean, he's going to have a lot of weeks of like 175 passing yards 35 rushing yards and one touchdown on each of those. Mm -hmm. And so that's 11, 17. That's like 20 points. If he turns the ball over like once, that's 18 points and that's a usable week. So that's, that's Taysom Hill when he was getting his starts, basically. Right. Right. It's the same kind of thing. You know, Cam Newton's a better football player, but he's going to have that same kind of role where he's going to not throw a ton, not throw a ton of touchdowns. He's going to run, fairly often not a ridiculous amount and he's going to run for a lot of touchdowns um so yeah i have him at 18 this week um washington's defense while hasn't been good this season looked better last week obviously chase young with the torn acl is going to hurt but Mm. um yeah i just i i'm kind of going a little conservative this week just because i don't know what the offense is actually going to look like um you know it's different different coaches from when he was last there so we'll see um I think the one constant is that you can absolutely trust Christian McCaffrey as the top guy in fantasy football right now because Newton knows how to use him. Yeah, if there's if there's one thing that's that Cam Newton's addition seems to have done is it's it's put this like calming focus over the offense because Sam Darnold was just all over the place. Christian McCaffrey was doing Christian McCaffrey things, but. It just never felt like Sam Darnold really meshed with the with the players. Like even when he was playing well, it was just him rushing for touchdowns. So Cam Newton, I, I mentioned this with Mike yesterday. If, forget like Cam Newton the player. Cam Newton the person is extraordinarily charismatic, and he is mm-hmm. going to figure out a way to make rapport with every single player on that team. So just that alone will go a long way, I think, to kind of boosting the floor of a lot of players. And CMC and Cam, I mean, there was a whole thing where. Um, when Christian McCaffrey came into the league, uh, the thing that we invented to be scared about, we being the fantasy community, was that Cam Newton doesn't throw to running backs. And then then immediately once he saw how good McCaffrey was out of the backfield, he was like, well, I'm just going to do that a lot. Yeah. And it's because he was throwing, what was it, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams before that? It's like, of course you're not throwing balls to those guys. Yeah, they're very... They're very baseline pass catchers. So yeah. you weren't throwing a ton of balls to them. But yeah, I mean he's he just saw well like, oh, this guy's really good at this, so I'm just gonna throw it to him a lot. Yeah. And he's so he's not a dumb player. No. So I'm curious uh how that brings up the offense. Like I, I put Robbie Anderson back from the dead in my sleepers this week, which you have him at fifty, so um definitely a little bit uh back from the dead there. So um who was your sneaky start this week? A guy that not a lot of people are gonna be thinking about, um as a as a as a start, um, I think that you might be able to play Jimmy Garoppolo again this week. Jimmy uh, G. He, I have him at 19 because the volume is low, but Jacksonville is a really bad defense, mm-hmm. and uh, this is definitely a game where even if Garoppolo throws like 16 passes, I could see him throwing two or three touchdowns. So I uh, he he looks like. He looks better. I mean, I still wouldn't say he's good, but he looks better now that his full assortment of weapons are healthy. Um, I, I I certainly think that, especially in, in two quarterback leagues, he's a must play. And um, you could do a lot worse in terms of streamers. Like, I would play Garoppolo over Baker Mayfield, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. Yeah, he's kind of like the last guy where it's like, ooh, I feel okay starting him because of the matchup. Tyrod Taylor, it's like, well, now that's when you're starting to roll the dice. Right, where you're yeah. Like, I'll, yeah, you have Tyrod Taylor one spot behind him. And it was actually Jimmy G was the guy that I wrote down notes about because um, he's been the number three quarterback over the last few weeks just because the return of George Kittle. That's all it's been. It's just been George Kittle came back and then Jimmy Garoppolo kind of like un- loosened his sphincter 
and started yeah. to actually play. Like he he played scared to make mistakes, which led to mistakes before Kittle was back. And and yeah, I think this Jacksonville game, I think it's going to be, um, you know, uh, he throws like the Chicago game where he throws a screen to Debo Samuel and Debo Samuel went 80 yards with it. Like that, that's where a lot of the, uh, right. the yardage for him will come from. So, um, yeah. Who is your tough sit this week at quarterback then? Cause you already talked about the guys I made notes for. They were Cam and Jimmy. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that a guy that you can consider sitting this week is Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, looked bad with that hand injury. Yeah. He looked really bad. I, I don't think the finger is fully healed. It's clearly still affecting the way he throws the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it reminds me a lot of the Matthew Stafford thumb situation from a few years ago. Um, the season where the lions had a million fourth quarter comebacks and snuck in the playoffs. We lost our last four games because Stafford's thumb wasn't right. He was still better than the backups on the team, but he just couldn't throw the ball accurately with any sort of consistency because it was coming off his hand wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is, it seems like the same type of thing with Wilson. I mean, he just, he didn't, he wasn't throwing the ball like Russell Wilson throws the ball last week. And you know, he's going to play, but, um, you know, Arizona's defense has largely been very good this season. Um, the last week I, I'm writing that off as a huge aberration. I mean, that every team has had pretty much every team in the league has had a weird, dumb game so far this season. Yeah. There, I mean, the no Packers, team has been normal every game. Yeah, the Packers gave up 38 points to New Orleans and scored three. So it's like, you know, even the good teams have bad games. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I, I still trust Arizona's defense as a whole. Um, Byron Murphy should lock up Tyler Lockett. And I just don't really see them being able to get a whole lot going consistently through the air because the timing's not going to be there. The ball's not coming out the way that Russell wants it. Um, I have him at 12 because he's still got some rushing upside and I would assume it'll look a little bit better mm-hmm. this week, but I, I can't justify putting him any higher than that because the guys ahead of him just have looked better or have better matchups. Yeah. And it's one of those things too, where maybe he'll suddenly be good. Cause there's that, that class was the tweet. The Seahawks have never played a normal game. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Clark tweet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, uh, but thank you to the hole in uh, uh, Russell Wilson's hand. It helped me go viral because that was the game I was watching uh, that that inspired my my stupid coach's oh. tweet that I made. Yeah, which has gained you what, like 400 followers? <laughs> uh, yes, an insane number of followers, including like Matt Barry and Amy Trask. And oh, hell. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. Yes. <laughs> I wanted to say that to her because she responded, but I'd be like, I don't want her to think I'm making fun of her. <laughs> no, no, yeah, she's uh, she's a fun person on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah, uh, Jeff had a really good tweet thread. Go look it up if you haven't looked it up yet. It's it's very funny. Yeah, it's pinned to the top of my profile, Jeff Frisco, K R I S K O. The worst, the, the 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 worst guy in the the guy who came off worst is Brandon Staley, because I think Brandon Staley is a good dude. Based on his comments about like gay and trans people, um, but he does look like a weirdo. Yeah, he looks like a youth pastor. Yeah, he looks like a creep. Yeah, yeah it, he's gotta he's gotta change that up somehow. Yeah, I what I'm thinking for Brandon Staley, just grow the hair out a little bit, maybe some facial hair. Yeah, I just get a, a little scruff. Just look look more like a dirtbag. Then you'll just look like like because you coach the Chargers, you'll just look like some guy who like walked off the beach into the stadium. Yeah. Honestly, Sean, uh, take take some advice from the guy that shares a stadium with you. Just get a little bit of facial hair. Just a little Sean McVay hair. Not a lot. Just a, yeah, just a little. If, yeah. If Sean McVay had no facial hair, he would look like he was 24 years old. And yeah. that would not It would be super weird. Yeah. That's really what the big problem with uh, Brandon Staley is, is he looks so young. He looks like a baby. Yeah. So. All right. Um, Let's get back to talking about this week. So. Um, any other quarterbacks you wanted to highlight the, the ranks of the quarterbacks seem fairly straightforward this week. Cause the league's kind of like solidifying. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, um, in terms of, and I don't, I, again, I don't know, but it's fun for me to try to figure out Jeff's sleepers. Um, I, I would say Daniel Jones. Nope. No, cause no. Tampa's a good matchup. Yeah. Um, is Tua against the Jets one? No. 
Oh, wow. Okay. We've actually talked about all three of them this week, and it's oh, not Oh, okay. Jimmy. So it's Cam, Jimmy. Nope, not Jimmy. Uh, what? Is Tyrod one? Tyrod, baby. Hell yeah. Okay. The Titans, the Titans, uh, not a great pass defense. Is that so. your 1% one or yeah, below 10%? A, yeah, he's 5% rostered. Okay. And then the other two are Cam and who? Mac, Mac baby. Mac. Oh, Mac, Mac Jones. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will say, um, I, I know it's been, I know it's been rough, folks. I know it's it's been a tough one for us, but you're firing up Ryan Tannehill again this week. Got to do I, it. I benched him last week for Carson Wentz, and I vowed never again will I bench no, Ryan Tannehill. You can't do it. He's <laughs> he he is in uh, scratch together a good week mode at this yep. point. Like he he's just, I mean, he's the king of like 190 passing yards, two touchdowns, and run for a touchdown, and somehow get like. 18.9 points yeah it's like somehow he he never looks good at any point in the game but you turn around and he's like quarterback nine that week. Yeah. You're like, all right sure why not yeah great man <laughs> so yeah i benched him for carson wentz last week and i vowed i will never bench him again i will that that's not a thing oh wait he plays new england maybe i will bench him then uh but yeah, probably new england not. maybe maybe we'll see i won't even bench him in week 13 when he's on bye I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so dedicated I am. Yeah, dedicated to a bit. What was? What did you say? Extreme dedication to a mediocre bit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, uh, I think this guy might be bad. Yeah. Yeah, ex- extreme dedication to a mediocre bit. So, all right, let's talk running backs. Um, so. Speaking of uh, a guy who uh, is, has extreme dedication to being mediocre, uh, how about Joe Mixon, folks? Oh my God! Let's start about. Let's talk about Joe Mixon. He's he's just okay. Yeah, that's why I have him in a solid matchup against Las Vegas at twelve. He yes. is a fringe RB one, just like every other week. Let us let's stop talking about Joe Mixon now. Yes, uh, he scored lots of touchdowns and didn't have a bye, so everybody pooped their pants and thought he was amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was Gold Flake James Conner. I kept saying that. Gold Flake. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> he's just shiny james connor yeah um yeah. so a uh, couple guys i wanted to talk about first um before we get into hardest rank sneaky start and tough set how much did it hurt you to put aj Dillon above deandre swift oh god i hate it <laughs> i despise it his role is just going to be so big this week yeah. uh i mean their only other healthy running back is patrick taylor the udfa from memphis jeez um, yeah it's not good uh Dylan's going to get a ton of work. I, I still have questions as to whether he can actually hold up to that much work, not physically, but like talent wise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just not, a, it's not a bad matchup. He's, he's, I can't, I can't say he's not a top 10 play this week. As much as I don't like AJ Dillon as a football player, um, volume is king and he's going to get a ton of it. Yeah, there's there's nobody else there for to run the ball, so it's it's very much uh, AJ Dillon week, and uh, it's not like DeAndre Swift is a bad matchup there. Like I would not have begrudged you if you're like I just trust DeAndre Swift more, but I saw that and was like, oh man, oh yeah. man, that must have hurt. Um, another guy I wanted to talk about was um, where do you go? Jeff Wilson at 21 at Jacksonville. So Elijah Mitchell broken finger in his hand. He did get surgery to repair it the Niners are hoping that he plays this week but I'm remembering this same thing happened to Ronald Jones at the end of last year and he ended up missing a week because of it so um I'm kind of in agreement I don't think Elijah Mitchell ends up playing this week but why don't you talk a little bit about what went into that number 21 ranking of Jeff Wilson there at Jacksonville um Jeff Wilson's not an explosive player but he's just solid and he'll get the most carries on the team if Mitchell's out um the coaching staff trusts him He's been there a while. Um, and so, I mean, he fits into that kind of back-end RB2 ranking with all the other guys who have, who are, you know, either hampered by injury or just have, like, predictable roles that aren't that big. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've, I've got him right there with Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, Chris Carson, Jordan Howard, 
So, yeah, it's just, you know, starting running backs who either don't catch many passes, are clearly injured, or just aren't really that good. Yeah, just just guys that are, you're like, they're like the eight-point-per-game guys, the nine-point-per-game guys. You're like, okay. Yeah. That, that week in and week out. Like, I feel like that's where uh, Josh Jacobs lives. It's yeah, like I mean, if he scored, points. yeah, I mean, last week he had a bad week and he scored nine. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> if, you get, if he gets in the end zone, he's a good play. And if he doesn't, then he's not a very good play. This is, he's, he's a, he's an RB2. He's a back end RB2. Exactly. So, all right. Who is your hardest running back to rank? Um, hardest one to rank. Uh, man, that's tough. Um, I honestly bounced James Conner around a lot this week. Okay, 17 um, right now. Yeah, I I feel like that's going to be a lot lower than most people have him. And, I mean, I think we saw what you're going to get out of James Conner most of the time last week. He's just not good enough to be a starting running back anymore. Um, he him he, He's going to continue to handle most of the workload because Eno Benjamin is even worse. But Connor's just not very good. He's not explosive. He he still fights hard, but he just doesn't really have the acceleration to break through tackles like the, like he used to. Mm-hmm. He's just been hurt too many times. Um, he's an okay pass catcher, just like he has been his whole life. He's never been bad or good at it, really. He's just very replacement level. He's just he's gonna get a decent amount of volume. And he's going to not do a whole lot with it. And if he falls in the end zone twice, then he's going to be top 10 on the week. And if he doesn't score, then he's going to be an RB3. So, you know, I've kind of split the difference here. But I just don't I don't think the Seattle matchup, the division team, is super inviting. Um, Dallas, like Dallas is a leakier defense against Daryl Williams. David Montgomery is a better football player. Michael Carter gets ridiculous volume. I mean, these are the guys I have right ahead of him. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it like I just really couldn't justify putting him higher because I, you know, I just don't think that it lines up for him this week to have a big week. Now, of course, now that I say that, he'll still average like three and a half yards a touch, but he'll score three touchdowns somehow and be RB2 on the week. Of course, that's how that's how James Conner works. Yeah. It's all. It'll always be 3.5 yards per touch. It just depends on how many touchdowns he scores, and it's it's not zero enough that you're like, all right, well, we'll just see what happens. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, you're. I'm pretty much just. I have a baseline expectations. Like James Conner's gonna get one touchdown. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I expect every week. So this, I mean, I'm expecting him to have like 30 rushing yards, 30 receiving yards, and a touchdown. For like and, fourteen points, and you'll take that, uh, right? Given, exactly. Yeah. He's a, like he's a good RB two play. You should be putting him in your lineup. I'm just I'm cautioning against people who think that James Conner is going to be like RB six overall until until Chase Edmonds comes back. That is not going to happen. Yeah, I heard people saying, "Oh, you know, James Conner is a top five running back till Chase Edmonds comes back." It's like stop, mm-hmm. stop. I mean, unless CMC, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Najee Harris, and Jonathan Taylor die, there's no chance he's top five. Yep. Yeah. So it's just like, stop. <laughs> just stop. People people are out of control. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, you try to figure out my um, my sleeper running backs. They're bad this week. They're bad football players. They're bad football players. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, Deontay Foreman. Correct. Devin Singletary. Nope. Rostered in too many leagues. Fair. Uh, Matt Breida? Nope. Ty Although, Johnson? Uh, oh, Salvin no. Ahmed. Yep. Salvin uh, Ahmed against the Jets? Yeah. Um, is the other one one of the Atlanta guys, Gallman? No, it's Eno. Oh, okay. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's just like, meh. I mean, the Seahawks have been a pretty bad run defense, uh, running back defense at least, like... Um, I, yeah, my sleeper over Eno would be uh, Igwebuki. Igwebuki? That's not the, a bad one. For the really gross one. Yeah, that's the really gross one is Ahmed. He's 6%. So, I mean. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I would take Ahmed over Igwebuki this week for sure because yeah. of the Jets matchup. But um, I think by default, Godwin's going to be the number two running back for the Lions this week. 
Um, Jamar Jefferson's injury looked really bad, so I don't think he's going to play, and I don't think Jamal Williams is going to be healthy either. So that leaves, yeah, they're not going to give DeAndre Swift 30 carries like they did last week. He clearly, he's not the type of back that's going to hold up to that, and they know that. They just weren't really going to trust Godwin Iguibuki in overtime. But I think with a full week to prepare, he'll be in that, like, reduced Jamal Williams role. So he'll get, like, eight carries and a couple targets. And, you know, he'll... He'll have like six points, and if he scores a touchdown, then he's usable. And if not, then he didn't absolutely destroy your team. Yeah, you know Benjamin has a chance to destroy your team. I I concede that point. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't have Benjamin in my top fifty because like yeah. last week he had four carries and didn't catch a pass. Yeah, but yeah, like uh, Salvin Ahmed, um, he didn't get a lot of run the last two games, but the whole run offense was terrible for Miami the last two yeah. games. Yeah, I mean, I like I have Gaskin at 27 and Ahmed at 43. Like, based on season-long performance, neither of these guys should be like played ever. But <laughs> it's the, the Jets, but, right? But the Jets have been so incredibly bad against running backs. I mean, they let all three of the Buffalo running backs have usable weeks last week, and yeah, all three. And Matt Breida never plays, so right, it's and like that's Buffalo. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, I um, I what did I say? I, I think I I I saw the stats. And I think I said was oh Jesus Christ, lock it up, guys, because it's yeah. just like <laughs> Miles My, Gaskin week. I think you said Miles Gaskin week, despite his best efforts. Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, that that's why Ahmed made it. So um, who is your sneaky start for this week? We probably already talked about him because we talked about a lot of these like twenty eight through thirty through fifty guys already. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll go with Dearness Johnson. Um, okay. I think that Johnson's looked pretty good. Um, even with Chubb back, um, he kind of just falls into the Kareem Hunt role. So he'll catch a few passes. He'll get a little bit of goal line work. He'll still probably get 10 carries. Uh, and Detroit's run defense isn't very good. So I, um, I, I would expect him to average around, like, five yards a touch like he has been. Probably if he gets... 10 carries and catches three balls at that rate, that's 9.5 points even without a touchdown. So I definitely think he's a good flex. All right, cool. Sounds good. Uh, Pretty straightforward there. And who is your tough sit for this week? Mm. Let's see here. Tough sit. Just trying to think of a guy who most people would, would be starting. It's hard. Running back's been rough this year because there's been a lot of like attrition without a lot of like big sleeper guys. It's been yeah. tough. I guess I'll go with Devontae Freeman. Um, that's a guy okay. that most people have been starting the last couple of weeks. And uh, Latavius Murray's probably going to play again because they cut Le'Veon Bell. I think that's a good sign that he's going to be healthy again. Um, I, I just don't think either of them are going to separate from each other yeah. enough to really be consistently playable. So I, I think Freeman takes a pretty big hit with Murray coming back. I just think it's going to be an even split. Yeah, my league guy in my league tried to trade me Devonta Freeman for Derwin James, and I told him to shove it. Yeah, that sounds bad. I don't play IDP, but Derwin James is a stud, I think. So Yes, he is very, very good. He there is. Go. Let, let me see where he ranks in our league right now. My guess would be top. Oh, well, Yahoo is undergoing maintenance, so I cannot tell you. <laughs> I clicked, I tried to click on the rankings and it was just like, we are undergoing maintenance. Um, so, all right. So any other running backs you wanted to highlight? Um, I mean, I'll just, I'll, I'll, some of the top guys are pretty obvious. I mean, I've got McCaffrey at one. Um, it should be a good Zeke week. Um, I'm not worried about the Buffalo matchup for Jonathan Taylor. You're still firing him up. Um, I still think you. Pl- I definitely think you play Saquon. I know it's Tampa, but Tampa's been really good at stopping running and not very good at stopping the running backs catching the ball. Mm-hmm. And Barkley's going to get a lot of targets, and he's explosive. So I, I still think you play him. Um, like I said, Michael Carter is a top 15 play just because he's probably going to get like 20 touches and all the goal line work. I don't understand what this what this usage is because he's not any good. I mean, he's averaging like three <laughs> yards a carry. Um, but it's at this point, it's starting to get into like Trent Richardson rookie year territory. 
where he just sucks on a bunch of touches, and so he's usable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's about it, I would say. Okay, sounds good. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to wide receivers here. Um, my my uh, question that I had for you um, in this one, um, mostly because there's been a lot of drama surrounding this player in my league this week, Terry McLaurin at 17. Mm. So lower than he has been for a lot of the year, but I think it's kind of earned and warranted. Yeah, this is uh, Carolina's really tough against opposing receivers. Um, I, I just don't think that uh, I don't think he's gonna with with uh, with Heineke at quarterback and being covered mostly by Stephon Gilmore. I just don't really see him having a big blow up week. Um, you know, he, he's usually usable, but uh, yeah, I mean, like in if you have like a two receiver league, I could definitely see a situation where you're not playing McLaurin this week. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially because guys ahead of him in the rankings are guys who were cheaper. Um, yeah, I mean, on if draft. you drafted, like, like if you had, like, you know, say you got DK Metcalf early and then, um, you know, you you were the guy who snagged Debo. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to play McLaurin over either of those guys. Yeah, or like you snagged Jamar Chase, or right. like or Brandon uh, Cooks. Brandon I, Cooks. I, like I would play both of those guys over McLaurin this week. Okay, so Hollywood Brown is he in the same tier as McLaurin? Yeah. Okay, yeah, you have him sixteen, seventeen. So I would say he, Cooks is still in that tier as well, but just mm-hmm. because he's got the better matchup, I would go yeah. with him. Yeah, he has a great matchup this week at Tennessee. So, um, okay, cool, sounds good. And then, um, who was your hardest rank? Um, let's see. I bounced Amari Cooper around a lot this week. I had him um, barely in the top 24 at one point, but I was also thinking about him as like a borderline top 12 option. So I ended up mm-hmm. kind of splitting the difference and having him at 18. Um, it's an outstanding matchup, and he's still a very good player, but his role has just shrunk a lot because... I just don't think that he's his health is trusted right now. They just don't seem to be they don't seem to be planning to have full strength Amari Cooper for a whole game at this point. Um, Lamb has taken over as the pretty clear number one receiver there, um, and Cooper has kind of been fighting with Michael Gallup since he came back a couple weeks ago for the number two spot. I still think he's the better player, and he can always blow up any week. Um, and this is as likely a week as any because I think that it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Um, so I, I I think you should play Amari Cooper this week, even with the volume concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't, like, recommend that you, that you play him as, like, a wide receiver one. But, um, yeah, I, in most situations, I think you should probably put him in your lineup. Yeah, it really feels like watching the Cowboys that um, Amari Cooper – They'll go to him. They're like, all right, well, we'll see if C.D. Lamb can make this work. And if he can't make it work, I will. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and work with Amari Cooper. He's almost like a, a luxury for them. They're like trying to make sure he stays healthy for the playoffs. I believe that they don't they don't need him right now because C.D. Lamb's just been going out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, all right. And then um, who is your uh, sneaky start for the week? Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard, 27 at Tampa Bay. Okay, it wasn't who I was going to guess. A lot of people have been kind of forgetting about Shepard. He's been dinged, and then the Giants had their bye. So nobody's really been thinking about him for like three weeks. But Tampa's secondary is still not good, and Shepard is still the best overall wide receiver on the Giants team. He has the trust of Jones. This is a game where I would expect the Giants to be playing catch-up. Um, I think he's going to get eight or nine targets. He's going to catch a lot of those. Um, definitely think this is a usable, like, uh, fringe wide receiver two week for Shepard, where he ends up with, like, seven for 70 or something. Yeah, Shepard's played in uh, five games this year. Um, one of them, he or two of them, he only played 40% of snaps, but the three games where he played over 40% of snaps, nine, 10, and 14 targets. Yeah. Were you going to so, say Corey Davis? I was going to say Jamal Agnew. Oh, yeah, I think we've talked about Agnew a lot. And so 
um, yeah, his role, he, he's being used the way they wanted to use Travis Etienne. Yeah, um, pretty much. He's, he's going to get a few carries and like four or five targets a game. And he has the potential to take any one of those to the house at any time. Like he's really, really good with the ball in his hands. So um, at this point, I think unless it's a really bad matchup, like it was against Buffalo, for example, um, he's a good flex play pretty much every week. So here's the, the reason I wanted to bring him up is there's a question. So he's rostered in about 15% of leagues, I think. I wrote about him this week. Hold on. I yeah. can double check that. I have that right here in front of me. He is rostered in, those are my running backs. He is rostered in 12% of leagues. Okay. Would you drop teammate Marvin Jones Jr. Hashtag wife material for Jamal Agnew? Uh, no, I'd drop somebody else. You drop somebody else. <laughs> All right. That, that's what get, I wanted get, to know. Get Jamal Agnew on your team, but I wouldn't drop Marvin Jones yet. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, Flotsam and Jetsam on rosters right now. Like, Emmanuel Sanders, Michael Gallup. Like, Michael Gallup could have a better game down, or better performances down the line than Jamal Agnew, but Jamal Agnew is doing it right now. Right. Like, um, I, would drop, uh, I would drop Tyler Boyd to get yeah. Jamal Agnew. Brandon Ayuk you would drop, probably. Yes. Yeah. I would even Which, drop like I like I'd probably even drop Allen Robinson at this point before I would drop Marvin Jones. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um what about the guy you have ranked behind him, Kadarius Tony or Jamal Agnew? Uh Tony. Um just I there's more of a commitment there, I think. Okay, yeah. Uh Jamal Agnew is just like he's just getting a ton of targets and a ton and even when he's not getting targets, he's getting touches. Like last week his big touchdown was a rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he only had. I think he only. He only ended touching the ball three times last week because he had five yeah. targets and didn't catch any of them. But exactly. He yeah he scored on a big touchdown run. So that, mm-hmm. that's your that's kind of your your, your fail safe with him. Yep. And then so um, who was your tough sit for this week? Um, tough sit. Is it DJ Moore at thirty? <laughs> I talked about more last week, but that's um, true. Oh yeah, let's talk about somebody else. Yeah, I'm gonna say Jarvis Landry is a possibility. Um, okay. People are still kind of sleeping on how decent Detroit secondary is right now. Um, Aubrey Pleasant and Aaron Glenn are working absolute miracles with with this group of players. Um, but Landry was also really bad last week. Um, yeah, he was pretty awful. Yeah, he stinks at this point. I I, I he catches he the only catches he makes are the short area dump off ones they're just not using him down the field anymore um i don't know if it's because he's still not quite 100 percent healthy and they just need him or if it's because he's just his skills have atrophied i I can't tell um but what i do know is he's not playing like jarvis landry um if you're desperate you could throw him in the flex but this is he's just a low upside play right now and the detroit matchup is not as good as people think it is yeah, he is uh, – Jarvis Landry is just bad Jalen Waddle now. Yes, yeah, he, he's he's going to get, like, probably six targets, catch four of them for 30 yards. Like, yeah. he's just not a high upside play at all. And yeah, he's not he's, a really high floor play either. He's a medium floor, low upside play. So I would look elsewhere. Yeah, it's like in the same mold. It's like you potentially out there on waivers, uh, not so much Jalen Waddle anymore, but, like, uh, Hunter Renfro, people are not picking up. It doesn't right. make Hunter sense. Hunter Renfro is a better football player than Jarvis Landry at this point with a bigger yeah. role. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, just breaking news, Walker. Uh, my boy won the Cy Young. Robbie Ray, my terrible pitcher crush. I love Robert him. Ray. Robert Ray. He's a bad pitcher, but he was suddenly good this year. And, he did uh, it. No, he, he's never been a bad pitcher. He's just always been a wild pitcher. Yes. He's never, he's never been able to curb the walks. And then this mm-hmm. year he figured it out finally. Yep. And I think everybody knew that he had this kind of ability if he ever figured out how to throw the ball over the plate consistently. Yeah. And he just he did it for a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah my, I, I, my, uh, I wouldn't recommend giving him like 30 million dollars in free agency because uh, you never know if he'll just revert back to Arizona slash Detroit Robbie Ray. But um, yeah, Detroit Tigers legend Robbie Ray wins a Cy Young. Yeah, buddy. Um, so, uh, every year I'd, I'd pick him up and everybody'd be like this, he's so terrible. I'm like, no, he's, he, 
he he walks a lot of guys. Like it's like I could fix him. I can fix him. It's fine. I can fix him. Yeah, and the Blue Jays <laughs> finally did. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy for Robbie Ray. Uh, I I draft him every single year, and every single year I drop him around mid June. Right, <laughs> this, this this concludes baseball chat. Let's get back. Baseball to chat is chat. over. All right. Um, any other wide receivers you wanted to talk about? Um, don't be scared about AJ Brown. Um. Dude's still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a great matchup this week. I, I think he's going to smash. Uh, you're starting both of the the um, Bucks guys every week. Um, Antonio Brown probably still not going to play this week. Um, so when he comes back, then you're going to start all of them because that's how it works. Uh, let's see here. Even with a tough matchup, I'm playing Michael Pittman in most formats. I've got him at 19. Um, just too much volume. Devontae Smith at this point is probably a weekly starter. Seems like he and Hurts have kind of figured out how to hook up at this point. Yeah. Um, so with his volume and uh, his talent level, which is really high, um, he's going to be a, a low-end wide receiver, too, or high-end flex every week. Um, and then, yeah, a guy, like I mentioned earlier, Corey Davis. Um He's, I think people are just like, they don't think he's that good at football, and so they don't want to play him, but he's still the number one receiver on this team. And he gets a good amount of volume, and he gets thrown to down the field. Like, every week, he puts up, like, five for 90. And then every week, everybody's like, Corey Davis is bad. Don't play Corey Davis. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Yeah, actually do play Corey Davis. He's going to get you, like, 15 points. He's good. Um it's they're always behind they have to throw and he knows how to get down the field and catch the ball um yeah he's he's a perfectly fine flex play or wide receiver three every week yeah i mean that's that's kind of where Corey davis is going to live um with the jets i mean with the um with the titans he kind of was a little more boom bust because of aj brown they didn't need him as much but they they need him a lot more on the Jets than they need him on uh, needed him on the the Titans um, last year. So all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to tight end Walker. Uh, no surprises here. We mentioned before uh, the top five uh, in pre-draft rankings: Kelsey Kittle, Waller, Andrews, Hawkinson are your top five this week. Uh, shall we have the discourse? Let's do it. Dan Arnold, tight end six. Woo, baby. Correct. Let's go, Dan. Uh... I love this. Uh, he has been a top 12 tight end more times than Kyle Pitts this season. Yeah. And uh, he, his first uh, what four games were um, playing for a Carolina team that doesn't use their tight end. And then his first week in Jacksonville when he had like two days to prepare. Yeah. Um, since then he has been, uh, I think, I think he scored. He was six for 68 with a fumble. So he was 10.8. Then he had a two for 27 week. Um, and then he's had like 10 targets, nine targets, eight targets or something like that. And he's been a top 10 guy every single week, despite the fact that he's caught one touchdown pass all season. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. he has no touchdown pass. Oh, passes. no touchdowns. Yeah. No touchdowns. He doesn't, even, yeah. he doesn't need touchdowns. He doesn't even need touchdowns. Yeah. And he's been like consistently, he's a top 12 guy every single week. He's a must start. I tweeted it. You tweeted it. He is a must-start every single week going forward. I don't care what the matchup is. He even beat the Buffalo matchup. He's he's getting you 10 points every single week. It's yeah. He's one of the reliable tight ends right now. He has Dan Arnold has transcended the blob. I don't know how this happened, but it did. Dan Arnold, baby. Yeah, he's... Um... Uh, since he like got installed as the tight end, which coincided with DJ Chark getting injured for the year, because that happened in the Cincy game where he had two targets, he's on pace for 118 targets, 80 catches, and 941 yards over a 16-game pace. Like yeah, last 80 year, 941 is 174.1 points with zero touchdowns. Yes, and that would have been that 174 would have been tight end three last year with zero touchdowns. There you oh, go. you did. Yeah. Oh, you did full PPR, right? Yeah. Uh, what is 170 what? 174.1. Okay, he would have been tight end five. There you go. Yeah. With no touchdowns. PPR, he would have been tight end five. And 
I, I don't know how much positive type touchdown regression is coming because this Jacksonville offense doesn't score a lot of points. Yeah. But uh, he'll probably catch one or two touchdowns um, yeah. by he the end of the season. He can't go all year being the anti-Bob Tenyon. Like, he just you, can't you do You wouldn't it. figure, right. But yeah. even if he does, he's still getting 10 points every week. It doesn't even matter. Like, he's, yeah. a top, he's a top 12 play every week if he doesn't score. If he does, then he's a top three guy on the week. Like, yeah, points are points. Right. I don't care. I don't care that Dan Arnold is named Dan Arnold. I don't care that he's never done really anything in his career particularly notable until he got to this Jacksonville team. Yeah. Urban Meyer loves tight ends. Trevor Lawrence trusts him. He's getting a ton of targets. This is a stable role. It, it's every, every sign points to this is consistently going to give you good results. Yeah. So I literally just picked him up off of waivers in yeah. in our uh in our football absurdity league for zero fat because i don't mm-hmm. have any fat left yeah it, it's, it's it's nobody wants him right and you should want him he is a priority yeah i mean i picked him up i still have Gron- in my home league i still have gronk on the bench because we have deep benches i'm like maybe i just move on from gronk maybe i i add another speculative running back there instead of de- waiting for gronk to come back you know it's I mean, just I like try to, i would try to trade gronk before just dropping him uh trade deadline is in one hour so i don't think i'm gonna pull that off <laughs> all right well <laughs> i don't i don't think that will work um uh, so yeah, Dan Arnold, very good. Ranked above Kyle Pitts this week. So Kyle Pitts at seven, Dan Arnold at six. And honestly, yes. If if Kyle Pitts was doing what Dan Arnold was doing, people would be ranking him as like a top three tight end every week. Yeah, everybody would go, be going absolutely nuts. So if if Kyle Pitts was doing what Dan Arnold was doing, they'd be like the touchdown, positive touchdown regression is coming. Kyle Pitts is yep. going to be the number one tight end next year. Yep, that's exactly and, what would be happening. And. Should that be happening with Dan Arnold? No, absolutely not. But, um, yeah, I, I, it turns out that this year's random good tight end um, is Dan Arnold. He's he's this year's Logan Thomas. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder if he might, because I've, I've been looking for the guy. There was for years, it was Delaney Walker. He's always mm-hmm. cheap. And then mm-hmm. he was always like a top five, six tight end every year. And I'm, I'm, yep. I've been looking for it. I was hoping it was Logan Thomas. Maybe it's Dan Arnold. I wrote, yeah, I wrote, uh, I wrote a lot of Delaney Walker uh, to, to, to the playoffs a few yeah. years ago. But yeah, I think Arnold might end up being that guy because he's going to be in Jacksonville for a few years. He's probably going to have a pretty similar role and he's never going to get drafted as even a top 10 tight end. No, it's, it's always going to be uh disrespectful, like, it, we're, he's going to be like the tight end version of like uh, I always bring it up the the Big Ben Philip Rivers split where it's like they get drafted at 15 and they always end up in the top 12 every year yeah, for like yeah, five or six years. Yeah, you're you're going to have like next year you're going to have like Dallas Goddard's going to get drafted ahead of him. Friar mm-hmm. um, Hunter, Henry, Hunter Henry's going to get drafted ahead of him. Friar Muth, Dawson Knox might get drafted ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's gonna he's gonna get drafted as like tight end 16 and he's going to finish as tight end six. Yeah. I'm trying to see if Jarwin's a free agent. Because if Blake Jarwin's a free agent, then uh, Dalton Schultz is going to get uh, drafted probably top 10 next year. Which I don't think that'd be wrong. Yeah. I mean, but still. Oh, no. Uh, Blake Jarwin is locked up. I forgot they gave him gave him a very weird contract. Like, he makes like $5 million a year, and he does almost nothing. <laughs> yeah, so. well, they thought he was going to be the guy and then yeah. he got towards ACL in like the first play last year. And then they accidentally realized that Dalton Schultz is pretty good. Yeah. That's when you, they do the thing where they're like, well, if you look at what we're spending on our tight end room, it's very good. It's like, don't look at Blake Jarwin specifically, look yeah. at the, the, the tight end room overall. Um, yeah. So, all right. Um, who, uh, so let's see, I'm looking big five. Um, who is your hardest rank this week? Um, probably Schultz. Schultz. So you have Dalton Schultz at ten. Are you regretting the trade yet, Walker? No. Okay. Um, but even if I got nothing, if Dalton Schultz didn't catch another pass the rest of the year, it'd still be a good trade for me. Because you got rid of Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, and I got like three good weeks out of Schultz. But um, his targets have been going down since uh since Gallup came back, which was pretty predictable. Now, I don't expect him to have two targets really very often like he did last week, 
but it's probably going to be more in that four or five range consistently with more like your back end high done ones. Um, he's got a good matchup this week against Kansas City. Definitely a possibility he scores a touchdown. Definitely a possibility that he gets going in the kind of short area um, in like some two minute or hurry up situations. Um, but I think the days of like Dalton Schultz top five t- weekly tight end are gone. Um, I would expect him to be more of a back end guy. He's a high blob dude. Um, but yeah, this week I, I could definitely see him having like seven for 50. Yeah, I can definitely. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, and then who would be your sneaky start at tight end this week? Sneaky start. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, I, I've, I, I don't think he's good anymore, but, um, I think it's probably the trout man. He's my sleeper, my deep sleeper this week is the Maybe, trout man. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, the trout man is, uh, playing Philly, which is a d- defense that doesn't have any good linebackers. Um, and he's been getting peppered with targets by Trevor Simeon. Yep. They're not very high leverage targets. They don't really do a whole lot, but, um, yeah, this is a game where he's probably going to get five or six targets. He's going to catch most of them because they're mostly just, like, safety valve garbage. And then he's going to finish the game with, like, five for 36. And you look up and you're like, oh, Adam Trauman was tight end 12 this week. Mm-hmm. And maybe he scores a touchdown. Who knows? Yeah, unlikely, but he could. Yeah, well, they so uh, last week, Alberto and Noah Fant didn't score touchdowns, but eight touchdowns to tight ends in the seven games prior to that. So Juwan Johnson week, then inexplicably two touchdowns again, like week one. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, no, uh, I agree with the Trout man. Um, I was I I was shocked. I, I wanted to shy away from it because, you know, it felt like me just having take lock. But yeah, not only. um. 13 targets in the last two games with Simeon. He had, I believe, seven in uh, Jameis's last game, which was a Simeon emergency start mm-hmm. or emergency play. Um, and, uh, yeah, just lots of targets from Trevor Simeon. So that's that's kind of what you want to chase. People are like, oh, chase touchdowns with tight ends. It's like, no, that's a good way to uh, pick up C.J. Uzoma the week after he scores touchdowns. Like, you got to chase the targets, and then the touchdowns will come. Yeah, you don't chase touchdowns. That's Yeah, that's when you get uh... – you know, you can get lucky like with last week with Tyler Conklin having three yeah. for eight and two touchdowns. Yeah. And one of those was a touchdowns. tip ball. Right. One of those is a tip ball. So it was like. Or you could end up like, you know, you pick up like David and Joku and he gives you a bagel. Yeah, exactly. If I'm chasing like a guy just for like upside, I would rather have Gerald Everett based off of last week's performance than Tyler Conklin. Gerald Everett had eight targets. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm basically sorting by targets is how I right, but like Con- Conklin still had five targets and he still gets, he, he's been consistent. It's more guys that you're, you know, like, uh, like Cam Brate scored a touchdown last week or like CJ oh. Uzoma. Cam like, Brate is the classic chase touchdown guy. Like that's right. classic. Like, I, like for this week, I wouldn't rather have it, but like if, you know, uh, Logan Thomas isn't probably going to be back this week. Might not be back next week. Seals Jones might be out for a little bit. Um, in a better matchup, I'd be looking at John Bates, you know, because he was a pretty, I liked him as a prospect. I, I think he's a pretty good player and he's just going to do the Washington tight end thing. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is a role. Like that right. is a role on this team. They get six to seven targets a week, you know? Yeah. Like I would do, I would, put John Bates in as a punt play in like DFS lamps because he's going to be dirt cheap mm-hmm. and Caroline is not a good matchup, but there's a scenario where he just where he ends up having a Washington tight end day where he gets like four for 40 and a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at what I wrote about him. I mean, six, six, two fifty six, big guy, uh, pretty good yeah, catch a, radius. Good. Really hands. good red zone target. Yeah. yeah. He always was at Boise. Yeah, and it was just kind of like he just he's a great blocker. Like I think that's what it was, and um, mm-hmm. really great blocker. They they likened him to Jeremy Sprinkle on NFL Network apparently. So that, no, that he's 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 yeah. better than that. Yeah, um, yeah. And I said uh, twenty twenty one outlook. Uh, don't even bother learning his name because of the depth chart. And oops, should have learned his name I guess because he <laughs> he's somewhat relevant. It's okay, we got time to learn it now. 
yeah, we got time alert now. Uh, Master Bates is his name. Maybe he'll be good. <laughs> when I was in junior high, we had a substitute whose name was Mr. Bates. And it was just like, that's just brutal. Find another level. Yeah. Like junior high specifically being called Mr. Bates. Like, get it. Get him out of here. Um, yeah, I mean, we had a kid in our school whose last name was Bates. And that's it was a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, as, as a... Um, Dumb last name haver. I feel sorry for all the Bateses out there. Um, so did we get into the tough sit this week? I don't think we did. No. Um, I would advise against chasing the touchdowns with Tyler Conklin, but I still think he's playable because he gets a pretty consistent target share. Um, there's definitely a lot of scenarios where you're not playing Dallas Goddard this week. He yes. Is, He's becoming more of an ancillary piece in the offense. It's the passing offense is Devontae Smith and then everything else, which is the correct way to do it based on talent. He's the most talented pass catcher they have. Um, Goddard's certainly not a bad player, but he just doesn't get a whole lot of volume, and it's not a very effective passing offense most of the time. So, um, yeah, there, there are certainly scenarios where you've picked up a guy like Dan Arnold or Dalton Schultz, who you should play over Dallas Goddard this week. Yeah, it's the, uh, oh, they separated Ertz and Goddard. Now they'll both be double powerful. That has not worked out for either player. No, they, honestly, it's been kind of helpful for fantasy because they've both just done the same thing. Yeah, they've just been kind of the guy there. that they are. Yeah. yeah, Ertz gets three or four targets a game for Arizona, and Goddard gets like four or five targets a game for a worse Philly team. Yeah, so. And uh, he has higher touchdown upside. So, like, Goddard is a fringe tight end one, and Ertz is a. High-end tight end, too. Yeah, so you have Goddard at 12. And honestly, if you count Mike Kosicki, who a lot of people dropped at the beginning of the year because he started off slow, there are four guys that you could have gotten just for free off of waivers ranked ahead of him. Knox, Schultz, Kosicki, and Dan Arnold, who still, just would like to loop this back around, still available in two-thirds of leagues. Dan Arnold. Yeah, he should be available in no leagues. Yes. Uh, Yeah, no leagues. I would say, I mean, there are some leagues where, like, tight end isn't a required position. Yeah, so, those are those are the only ones where you can. But if yeah, if there is he a should be, he should slot. he should be rostered in ninety five percent of leagues. There you go. No, he should be rostered in every league that does not involve a psycho from fantasy Twitter, because <laughs> everybody else has a tight end slot. So, um, all right, are there anything or is there anything else you would like to add uh, about any of the tight ends this week? Uh, no. All right. Well, that'll do it then. We will be back. Uh, this is going up on Thursday morning. So we will be back tomorrow to talk uh, uh, week 11, uh, talk Thursday night football review and um, go over every week. The wheel keeps on turning. So uh, for Walker, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. And uh, go get Dan Arnold, please. That's right. That's right.